everyone, and welcome to the Grain by Train podcast for Grain Week 3. I'm Greg Northey from Pulse Canada, and I'm joined by Milproyer of QJAC Consulting, who manages the Ag Transport Coalition, a consortium of agriculture groups that produce data and reports on rail service and performance. How are you today, Milt? I'm very good, Greg. How are you? I'm good. So, Week 3 is in the books. Um seems to be fairly steady right now uh, this early in the grain year for CNCP. Um, tell us a little bit about their performance in week three, Milt. Uh, pretty good, I think. Um, you know, both right around the same spot, CN at 91% order fulfillment, CP at 90. Um, nice improvement for CN. Uh, they had a bit of a, a toe stub, if you will, I thought in, in week two. Uh, even though their demands were, you know, extremely low in week two. I mean, perhaps a record, I think, if we look back in our data all the time that we've been doing this. And demand up uh, had a big uptick in, uh, in week three for them, um, like quadrupled. So I guess there was perhaps some concern about uh, whether they'd handle it, given what they did in week two, but they seem to have come through it uh, pretty well, uh, which is a good sign. Um, probably the one thing that's a little bit uh, concerning with a small C, if you will, is the fact that again in week three, we saw CN cancel a few uh, hopper car orders for shippers. Uh, if you recall, we saw that in week two, where they had canceled a little over 100 orders in three different spots in Saskatchewan. Well, week three, we saw it in Alberta. Um, it's a little odd, I guess, to see that uh, this early in the grain year. It's not that we haven't before. Uh, you know, last year we saw that in the first couple of weeks from CN, but that was really, I think, a reflection of some carryover from, you know, the BC wildfire situation that impacted the Vancouver corridor uh, in July and then kind of carried through into the first couple of weeks of, of August. So, What's different about then and now is there's really nothing out there that I'm aware of that, that uh, you know, would warrant uh, them rationing orders. Uh, so, you know, if, if you're concerned, uh, perhaps it's an, easy, uh, an early signal of uh, local service issues, uh, you know, otherwise stated as crew issues. But I guess time will tell uh, as we go forward. Um, maybe it's just a two-week anomaly, um, but if we start to see this in week four and in week five, you know, then we're going to be in territory where we, we're seeing a trend, and I think that will be a concern. Um, on CP side, uh, pretty good. Uh, I mean, they've been, I think, week one, 95, week two, 95, week three, down to 90. Um, so they're still fairly steady. They're, you know, it's... it's Hard to complain, I guess, about uh, 90% plus order fulfillment performance three weeks in a row. The one thing I would note, though, is they're, you know, they're not off to the great start that they had last year. Uh, you know, if we look back on performance at the beginning of the 21-22 uh, grain year, um, CP was as close as you could be to perfect uh, through the first three months of the year. Um, they were basically, you know, averaging 98 or 99% order fulfillment every week uh, for like 15 straight weeks. So a little off this year, um, but still uh, pretty good. 
Now, going forward, I guess the issue is that, uh, you know, there's a test coming. Um, demand, we're starting to see uh, ramp up. Um, it's been pretty muted through the first three weeks and week four is a little bit higher, but week five is when we're, the preliminary numbers are telling us that uh, it's going to start to ramp up uh, for the peak shipping season, I think. So week five is the week that we're in right now, the week of August 28th. And just to give you a, you know, a quick overview of that, um, demand has been for the railways probably since the spring somewhere between 3,500 and 4,500 uh, hopper car orders a week, uh, pretty steady. Um, and in week five, uh, the early numbers would suggest that number is gonna jump to 6,400, which is still lower than what you would call average because in an average week, if there's lots of demand, um, we would expect to see that number to be between eight and 10,000. So you know, 6,400 is not quote unquote normal, but it's a lot higher than what we've seen for the better part of six months now. And uh, most notable is that 80% of that, so about 5,000 orders, is for Vancouver. Um, and we know that CN said uh, in their grain plan and have said publicly that West Coast is going to be an issue this year. Um, so we'll see if uh, we see anything, A, if that volume does materialize, and, and B, how they handle it. Um, and that's, I guess we'll be talking about week five in about 10 days or so. So we'll see. Yeah, we will see. I mean, we've always, uh, we've talked before about how the, it's going to be a bit, bit of a delayed crop. Um, and so hopefully this, this slower ramp up is giving, giving the railways a chance to, to get ready to adjust. So yeah, it'll be interesting. Next, next couple, next couple of weeks will be, will be a pretty good sign of what, what to expect over the, over the rest of the year. Um, provincially, um, you mentioned there's, there's still a lot of demand going into Alberta. Anything you noticed uh, in the provincial uh, performance? Um, <clears throat> a little uneven, I guess I would describe it as. Uh, you know, Saskatchewan sailed through week three. Both railways were great. Um, 98% order fulfillment on, on both sides. Uh, Manitoba, or sorry, Alberta uh, was kind of... Uh, the, the, the toe stub for uh, CN this week um, at 75%. And a little bit of that was uh, contributed to by, you know, some shipper orders that they canceled, but the number was not huge. So that's not what swung performance for CN there. CP was better, uh, although, you know, below their system level, they came in at 87%. But the, the issue there is that almost 100% of demand for both CN and CP in Alberta in week three was for Vancouver. Um, and, you know, both of them saw quote unquote subpar performance. So going back to our conversation uh, a, a minute ago about, you know, what we see in the numbers and demand ramping up for Vancouver. So demand wasn't super high um, from Alberta to Vancouver. I'm gonna say it was around 800 orders on, on both sides. Um, and yet they, you know, struggled a little bit um, and what's coming uh, with the big bump in demand in week five is going to be all about Vancouver. And a lot of that will land in Alberta, just because Alberta is very much uh, focused on West Coast. Either Prince Rupert or Vancouver typically accounts for the vast majority of demand coming out of Alberta. So that one will be interesting. 
Manitoba CN was great, uh, just about perfect. Um, CP, that was their weak spot, uh, 69%. And it was really all about Thunder Bay. Um, so a little bit surprising there for me because Thunder Bay is usually a very strong corridor for CP, particularly out, out of Southern Manitoba because it's such a short haul for them. I mean, they can do uh, origin to the port in you know 24 hours, basically, CP, if they want to go into Thunder Bay. But they, they didn't do so good. Uh, demand was not particularly high. I think it was less than 400 orders in total. Uh, but having said that, they came in at 69%. So uneven. Um, and we'll see, uh, you know, how they perform in the individual provinces as in the weeks ahead. Uh, you'll always see system performance reflected at the provincial level. The question is, is it across the board or is one province being hurt more than another? So we'll start to see that in the coming weeks, I think. Yeah, some, some blips there and definitely some, some elements, especially the Vancouver situation because as you mentioned we've we've been we've been warned that um because your cn doesn't have don't feel they have the ability to service that quarter the way that their customers would would require it so if we're starting to see a little bit of weakness there that's uh that could be a, not a great sign going forward well let's turn our attention to the to the grain plans we've we've had a few conversations in the past couple of weeks on this um Last week, we we took a look at CN's grain plan. This week, we'll look at CP's. And just as a reminder, these are the annual grain plans that are the railways are required to publish uh, through legislation. Um, we've been quite active as the ATC and other, other agriculture groups in, in trying to um, um, shape the way these plans should, should work or should should look uh, to the benefit of, of the entire grain sector I, and, and what they should include so that we can look at the kind of um, service that we would expect through, through the grain year. Um, CP's plan, um, very unchanged from last year, Milt, but um, I think they still had some targets in there. Uh, what did you see in CP's uh, grain plan uh, this year? Yeah, I think your your characterization is, is accurate. Um, CP's plan this year looks a lot like it has the last uh, four years, um, voluminous, I guess, 30 odd pages, if I recall. Uh, fortunately, not a lot of, uh, of gold, if you will, for industry or for stakeholders inside those 30 pages. Uh, a lot of it uh, spent talking about, um, you know, where they're investing their money, how ready they are, a post audit on what happened last year and, you know, all of the factors that affected them uh, and consistent with what's been said in the past, none of them CP's fault. Um, but unfortunately, uh, you know, despite our ask, which we've talked about for the last couple of weeks, uh, to have the plans modified to include some more meaningful service and capacity information that would have value to shippers in, in planning their, their supply chains, we didn't see any of that. Um, their capacity offering, uh, uh, based on the numbers that they've got in their plan, is is pretty much the same as it was uh, in the 21-22 grain year. So last year, um, you know, they're talking about 6,000 railway supplied hopper cars a week, uh, another 1,000 or 1,100 privates, 
in the fall and in the spring. And that number, of course, goes down in the winter uh, by about 25% uh, or so, um, which is usual. I mean, and then they make the same argument that they make every year in their grain plan, which is based on what they determine to be the maximum supply chain capacity that the system can handle. Um, although they continue not to disclose exactly how they come up with that number. So, so no, no change really for CP. Uh, probably if you want to look uh, at, at the most optimistic thing that came out of their plan is that unlike CM, they're not issuing any dire warnings about service problems to come in the winter like CN did uh, regarding the West Coast and the issue around crews. Um, I think CP did make a mention that they're, they're uh, hiring lots of people and, and uh, you know, having challenges in that process like, like other businesses at this time, um, but didn't come out and say that, you know, shippers should expect service issues in any particular corridor. So I guess that's promising. Yeah, that was, I would say the, the one, the one positive outlook that we didn't, we didn't sort of get warned that, uh, that they're not prepared to 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 provide service to their customers uh, through that corridor. So that's always a that's always a bonus, and that people can still expect to to export uh, as much as they can through there. Um, but yeah, I I think it is just just like CNs, as you mentioned, you know, service and capacity information that that's a value to the sector, just not in there. Um, so we're kind of left just with their high level numbers, right, and, and with no clear indication of how they're going to meet them. Um, and you know what what and essentially how to hold them accountable to those numbers so we're just left with the top top end numbers which um well i guess we'll hold them to it uh but otherwise we're we, we don't have a lot of other information in there of what to expect um okay Mel, well well thanks for your time today um for those of you who would like to see the ag transport coalition reports you can go to www.agtransportcoalition.com and we'll talk to you all for week four next week. Bye.